Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Coop, 1985, that was our year. You know, we finally beat the, the Celtics. The Lakers-Celtic thing was dead now because, uh, you know, we went up there and whipped them in Boston Garden. We're the only team to win a world championship in Boston Garden other than the Boston Celtics. And they got to live with that forever. This is Showtime with Coop, the five-time NBA champion of the Los Angeles Lakers, two-time WNBA champion, head coach of the Los Angeles Sparks, from Los Angeles, California, Michael Cooper. All right, you forgot my championship with the D-League. In today's episode, we're going to be talking with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, powered by BetOnline.ag on CLNS Media. Hi, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If you want an autographed copy of Coach Wooden and Me, go to KareemAbdulJabbar.com. Hey, with us today, we have my friend, my teammate, somebody that's very, very special to me and that I actually got a chance to uh, do some special thing with, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And Cap, for the rest of this segment, I'm going to call you Cap because that's how I know you. How you doing, sir? It's all good, Coop. How you feeling, man? I am doing wonderful, wonderful, good. wonderful. Hopefully everybody in your family being safe with this COVID-19 that's going on. Uh, everybody's safe? Everybody's safe. Everybody's well. Thank goodness. Uh, you know, um, my two oldest boys are on the front line. You know, one's uh, an administrator and the other one is a doctor. And uh, they're out there fighting this thing. I'm, I'm really proud of them. And, uh, you know, of course I'm concerned. Okay, but they are safe, yes. They're safe. No, they're safe and uh, so far healthy and uh, doing a great job. Good, good, good. Same thing here, Cap. Uh, Cap, I want you to have fun with me today, and I know you're going to do that. But the first thing I'd like to say is pay homage to you because, again, one of the things growing up here in Pasadena, California, I had an opportunity to get drafted by the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm going to say something that I've never told anybody before. And I'm telling you, I remember, and you remember when Loyola Marymount had that old gym over there before they refurbished the new one that they have now. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Uh, I walked into the gym in 1979, and I saw you down at the other end shooting some sky hooks. And, Cap, I almost pissed my pants, man, because I was walking into legendary status and seeing you at UCLA and the things you had done with the Lakers. Um, I was very honored to be there. So I just want to tell you that. I haven't told anybody else. But, you know, I should have put my depends on, but you really scared the shit out of me <laughs> over there. So, well, listen, anyway. You, uh, you showed us in your rookie year uh, your value and uh, your heart. 
and your commitment to the team, man. And uh, that was 100% every year that you played. Uh, and I want to thank you. I, I remember I was out there trying to guard Daryl Dawkins. He was this skinny guy flying over my shoulder. You know, it's <laughs> number 21. Oh, my goodness. Thanks, Coop. So, well, you know, that, that goes back at you, man. Thank you, Kev. Let's start this off by what was your thoughts when they brought in Coach McKinley from Portland? They started assembling the team. Uh, obviously, they brought in Magic Johnson's gentleman to you over your left shoulder. What were your thoughts at 1980 season uh, when we were getting ready to go into that season? What were your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I I, I was looking forward to uh, you know shaking things up because Magic had such unique talents, you know, uh, with his, uh, to be a 6'9 guard, uh, he's a great rebounder and, and a great assist man, you know, a, a point forward kind of guard, you know, it's uh, uh, amazing. You know, now we got, uh, you know, Antente Compo doing the same type of thing, but, uh, you know, Magic really was the first one at that size that could, uh, could, could handle that. Were you excited about him? Because I know before the season before he came, you had Norm Nixon. Some of the people pictured in the, the screen behind you, Jamal Wilkes. Uh, I think right. a, you guys had a formidable trio, and now you add all these new pieces. Myself, but Magic was the major piece. Did you really think he was going to turn out to be the type of player he became? Well, I, I, he'd already delivered uh, the NC two A tournament uh, uh, outstanding player, and uh, he earned that. So I, I knew he could uh, he, he was going to contribute. I didn't know what he was going to contribute, but I, I expected good things from him. And uh, you know, as you as we all found out, he, he didn't let us down. Hey, special special person, uh, Cap. One other thing, I want to take you down memory lane a little bit. What was it like playing for a legendary coach, John Witten at UCLA? I, I think um, it was something that I took for granted. You know, because I had so much success while I was in high school, you know. So, you know, I, I just took it for granted that, you know, I would go and play for a, a great college program. But uh, it, it was it was very unique. Coach Wooden was a unique guy in that, in that sense. He, he understood the game and he understood how to uh, influence young men in, in a positive way. And I, I really appreciated my my college experience. I, you know, I graduated, I, I had enough credits to get my degree, and I, I learned a whole lot about the game. Had uh, just uh, a, a really positive set of options in front of me to choose from. You know, uh, with us on our, our podcast, Showtime with Coop, is Ari. My man Ari is here. Uh, he's going to ask you a couple of questions. But the All last right, question for you, Cap, would be, so Coach wouldn't touch you in that kind of way as far as an athlete. Did he touch you in your personal life, just to add to a little bit? Yeah, you know, I, I got to um, talk to Coach about stuff that had nothing to do with basketball. You know, he was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I was an English major at, at, for uh, a number of years at, at UCLA. So, uh, you know, we had stuff to talk about that had nothing to do with the game. It was, uh, it was refreshing. It, it took the pressure off. And, uh, you know, enable me to have a really good, uh, really good college experience. You know, I, I enjoyed my classes. Uh, I wanted to get my degree. It, it was, uh, it's all possible. Kareem, uh, you know, I, I kind of wanted to extend what, what, what your teammate Coop was saying on the magic thing because, I mean, I, look, 
I've been able to cover championship NBA teams before, and and the the we talk about skill and ability, but the the ability to defer one's ego for the betterment of that team, and and if we're talking about the coach, the best player, just on the line, I think you know that to me is maybe the the, the critical point of Magic joining this team. It was, you know, you guys had the willingness to defer your ego for the betterment of what what needed to be done. Was there, I don't know, concern, but did you know right away that this guy was the real deal because of that? Well, you know, here's how it's really easy to figure it out because Magic saw his job as to get, he saw his purpose was to allow us to score and facilitate that. He wanted us to shine because if we show, he showed, you know. So uh, it went back and forth. Um, You know, Magic at 6'9", had a hard time uh, guarding little quick guards. You know, we had him playing the point. So we had to help him on on that issue. But it it, it never ended up being a problem. And, uh, you know, we we just made the adjustments we needed to make to to complement each other, and we just took it from there. You know what, just to jump on that, Ari, for a second, is that Magic, as Cap said, wasn't a very good individually individual defensive player, but he was probably one of the greatest double teamers that we've had in basketball, being of his size, like when we had to double certain people in the post, not that Cap needed it, but just to get the ball out of that individual player's hands. Uh, Magic was always there on point most of the time in Kevin was still, but he made uh, everybody's job a little bit easier because yeah. of his ability to help everyone. Yeah, and at 6'9", uh, there was nobody that's going to, like, push him out of the way and, uh, you know, get rebounds. He, 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 he was equal to that. You know, he could have played power forward if he wanted to. You know, <laughs> but uh, they put him out, out there at the point. It just gave us a, a whole lot more option. With, with the last dance going on now, I'm curious, like, what would it look like for the 87, 88 Lakers or even the 88, 89 Lakers to have Cameron Cruz following them around all year like like Jordan did in his last era with the last dance? I think you'd see uh, uh, guys that uh, liked each other's company. You know, when, when we go out on the road, we, we'd uh, try to do something together. We went to a lot of movies and stuff. Uh, Magic Office said, come on, let's go to the show. He, and he'd take the whole team to the movies. You know, it, we'd do stuff together. And uh, it really made for um, more of a family. You know, I see these guys as my brothers still now, you know, 30 years later. Those guys are my brothers. You know, we, we did something that uh, will last a lifetime. Now, Cap, speaking of brothers, there's one little incident I want to bring up. And I I think it was 83-84 season where it was your birthday. And uh, we wanted to play a birthday joke on you, and we thought that you would be taking easy. And, you know, Cap used to come with a pair of jeans, and he wore a UCLA top, and he just came to the game so he could, get, you know, play the game, get a shower, and get out of there. Well, we took it upon ourselves to wish him a happy birthday, and we cut up all his clothes this one particular time. Uh, cut his jeans up so when Cap got out of the shower, got dressed, he didn't have any jeans. And we always laughed about it and, and stuff. But you know what, Cap? <laughs> he systematically got all of us back. And I remember mine the most vivid is that you're the reason why I went prematurely bald because on one <laughs> <laughs> we're going on a trip and can't put nair on my hair uh, and uh that was the last time i messed with kareem cap you want to talk a little bit about that well michael i, you know, I enjoyed reading the newspaper right and i'm in the newspaper and my good friend michael come michael cooper comes 
and smacks the paper out of my hand, tearing it down the middle. And I'm like, what was that all about? I had no idea. And I, I got, I said, all right, you know, uh, you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. <laughs> well, we have to, I remember Mark Landsberger, you tied all his clothes in a, in a knot, but those were some of the fun times. Those were good times, Coop. You know, it was, uh, I, I, I remember, uh, you know, one time we, we had to circle around back a half hour later to pick you up from the airport. Hi, this is Michael Cooper. Currently, with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, as they are bringing the Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're into entertaining betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Open 24 hours a day, all online. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Those are good times, Coop. You know, it was, uh, I, I, I remember, uh, you know, one time we, we had to, circle around back a half hour later to pick you up from the airport because you got left at the airport. I, I, I won't get into that one. That, won't, that wasn't fun. It cost me a lot of money. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Cap, just to take it off court a little bit, some of your interests. Uh, you know, and I, I've always been a big jazz fan. And when I yeah. got with the Lakers and had an opportunity to talk to you, you really opened up my world about jazz even more. My people were Miles Davis. Uh, John Coltrane, but you introduced me to Herbie Hancock, Cedar Walton, some of the other ones. I mean, right. I know your dad was a musician early. How right. did you get interested in jazz? My my dad played down at Minton's Playhouse in, in Harlem uh, right after the war, during the, the, the bebop era. And um, I grew up in that era, you know, and Dizzy Gillespie and Sarah Vaughn and, uh, you know, John Coltrane, Miles, all those people, uh, Charlie Parker, you know, all those people were just heroes of mine because of my dad. You know, he, he just, my dad worshipped them and I enjoyed the music. So it was, uh, it, it was part of me. It's still part of me. I, you know, it's, it's something that uh, I, I'm so fortunate to have experienced uh, all that joy and positive uh, motivation that, that, that came from jazz. And, uh, you know, I, I still enjoy it to this day and it was great to share for me I, I really had a great time at your house you had Ernie Andrews come and sing oh yeah like, yeah wow. yeah Ernie Andrews and <laughs> all right we, we like these you know Coop's living room was pretty big we were gonna need a mic Ernie did not need a mic <laughs> Ernie filled up the whole house I, I, I mean, he was he blew me away man thank, so thank you Cooper that, that was a great experience for me oh my I'll never forget that my pleasure. Uh, Cap, one of the things that I think I have to touch on just a little bit is the fact that, you know, as basketball players, we have a tendency to take our fans for granted at times throughout our career. And sometimes people adore them. Sometimes they hate them. But I think the situation that happened to you, and I bring this up only in a positive sense, is when that unfortunate fire that you had at your house and your whole jazz collection got destroyed in that fire, among yeah. other things. Uh, but yeah. 
you had so many fans that came out, and that really touched me to hear that, that came out and helped you replace a lot of irreplaceable stuff in your jazz yes. collection. You want to talk a little bit about that? It was, it was awesome, Coop, because uh, my vinyl collection, you know, my albums was like a big blob in, in my front yard. <laughs> That's what happened to it. You know, the house burned down uh, to the foundation. And uh, a, a radio station gave me their jazz collection and, and different uh, fans that in various towns where we'd go to play, they'd be at the at the bus, uh, and, you know, say, hey, he, he, he probably like this. It, it, it was wonderful to uh, to be lifted up like that by the, by the jazz fans across the country that that, that knew that I was a jazz fan. Cap, uh, winning championships. That's what you're about. You know, obviously getting to the Lakers. Of all your championships, the six that you have, which one to you is, is uh, the most enjoyable one? Hey, Coop, 1985, that was our year. You know, we finally beat the, the Celtics. The Lakers-Celtic thing was dead now because, uh, you know, we went up there and whipped them in Boston Garden. We're the only team to win a world championship in Boston Garden other than the Boston Celtics. And they got to live with that forever, that's awesome, man. You know, I, I, that, that, that made my career. You know, I was, <laughs> it was that good to me. You know, I, I enjoyed 1985. I'm still enjoying it. You know, Kat, you know what? You, you, you're absolutely right, but you used the wrong word. We kicked their ass, okay? We're going to put it out there like that. Six games. Six games. And they were lucky that they got out of the, out of the uh, forum with, with a win. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah. Uh, that that that's it, man. And uh, what's his name's uh, song? You know, I love L.A. Come on, man. oh yeah, that was it. It, it all it all it all ducked to everything. Just fit together so nice that year. You know, we started using that as our theme song, and we went on there and, and kicked that ass up there in Boston. Just outstanding. Can't get here. Uh, thinking about that uh, early, yeah, let's say from eighty to eighty four. What were some of the things that you remember? They don't have to be a specific year, but some things that happened to you along the way. What was probably one of the funniest things that happened to you through those years? Some of the uh, some of the back and forth between the guys on the team after McAdoo got on the team, him, the, the rivalry between him and Norm Nixon uh, that was hilarious. Uh, and then uh, you know Bob got married, and uh, we we were all shocked that Bob married. Somebody really close to home. Yeah, we, I won't get into that, but we we, <laughs> we were able to ride him for, for the longest time, man. Just because of all the all the stuff he's be talking all that macho stuff, and then then see the the reality of it, we're like, what? <laughs> oh, we remember Bobby Nine. <laughs> Bobby Nine. Yes, Bobby don't Nine. talk too much about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Cap, uh, nineteen eighty eight, we win the championship again. And we're going into that season, 1989. I remember going to the Palace, and we had beat, uh, beat Detroit. The next year, we're going back to beat them. Pat Riley was wearing us out at practice, man. It was ugly. Yeah. But we get there to the final game. Everything's all set up for us to win it again. We're at practice. Ball goes up. Magic, I mean, Byron Scott ruptures his hand. And we're like, okay, this is my thoughts, okay? And I'm like, okay, we can still overcome this, overcome this. We start the game. First play of the game, Magic goes down, rupture his ham. What were your thoughts then, Cap? Because I remember mine. My my thoughts were, 
hey, I might as well call a cab you know, <laughs> to the airport because, uh, you know, it's over. You know, I was really disappointed that we couldn't go into the finals with our best team. You know, I, I, I thought we could have beat them if, if we could have fielded our best team. But, uh, you know, we got swept, Coop, and uh, there's nothing we could do about it. You know, we, we didn't have uh, all, all of our guys weren't healthy, and uh, that, that's part of the game. You know, we, I can live with that, though. You know, yeah. I, I had too many great years to complain about, uh, you know, the luck, uh, the luck that we had because we had a lot of good luck. So, you know, we got to have some bad luck sometimes. Yeah, and that was definitely bad because I'm like you, Cap. I do believe we were going to kill them. If you remember real quickly is that every game getting swept, we were ahead at halftime. They just had more than we did going down the stretch. But like you said, you got to have some luck. Uh, moving on, Cap, going to your last year, okay? And then they had the farewell tour. What was your thoughts about that, going around to each stadium? And here are all these people that were booing you and saying we were no good and this and that. And finally, everybody's paying tribute to one of the greatest players that ever played this game. Well, it was nice to be acknowledged, you know, uh, around the league like that. You know, it it was draining in a lot of ways, you know, because I had to go out there and, uh, you know, be genuine. And, you know, that will take something out of me. But, uh, you know, I have to give back to the game and, and the fans that uh, just made my life so great, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I've tried to uh, to balance that out. For, for a long time, all I wanted to do was concentrate on, you know, being ready to play. And uh, sometimes I, I didn't give the fans uh, the attention that I should have. You know, I've tried to make up for that since I've retired. Yeah. Well, that was hard for us too, Cap, because we were losing you and you, we knew every game we were getting closer to the end. And as you went around, people were showing you uh, gifts, showering you with gifts. But I like to say the one gift that you got that I was very, very jealous of you getting was in Milwaukee when they got you that Harley. That <laughs> was something <laughs> that was nice. And I didn't even ride motorcycles. So right. that was a very nice gift. Yeah, it was. You know, then uh, Harley Davidson is a, a big uh, supporter of the Bucks now. Yeah, they, they've already, they always have been. That's good. That's good. Um, Captain, one thing I'd like to say uh, toward the end of all this and then moving forward is that thank you, thank you, thank you for so much that you've done uh, for uh, the world. Uh, I think you writing, being a literary person, writing the children's book, what got you active and involved into that? Well, you know, like I said, I was a history major and an English major at various times at UCLA, and I always had a a thing about literature. I've enjoyed it. I always had the, a secret desire to write. And when I got into my retirement and realized, you know, I have, you have to do something creative and, and positive with your life. You can't just uh, stop living, you know, and uh, writing has always been something I, I wanted to pursue. And I've been able to, uh, to do well at it. So I, I'm just very thankful for the, those opportunities. Uh, you know, I've got, I've got people that are interested. I've done a, a a piece on uh, History Channel that has uh, really uh, let people know that uh, you know uh, me, the historian, can I, I got the chops to, to to do stuff like that 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 is meaningful. So it's been great, and uh, I, I've enjoyed it so much. Real good. You're listening to Showtime with Coop, and I got my special guest, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Cap, Cap, a couple more questions. Uh, one is your relationship with Will Chamberlain. 
Well, let's see. I, I met Wilt when I was uh, getting ready to start high school. I was going into the ninth grade that summer, between eighth and ninth grade. And I met Wilt uh, in Harlem. He was playing in the repertory room. And uh, got to see him play and uh, got to know him. While I was in high school, I, I hung out with him once or twice and really had a, a, a really inside view of what the life of a professional athlete was all about. Uh, you know, someone like Wilt. So I, I think that really helped me uh, not make certain bad choices when I got a chance to to be a professional athlete. You know, I, I could contrast what was happening to me and the opportunities I had with what I saw Wilt do. You know, I'm, I'm real happy with the way things turned out. Cap, you know, we had uh, an unfortunate loss in the Laker family uh, in Kobe Bryant. Uh, yeah. What would you like to say about Kobe? Uh, just, uh, you know, Kobe was an incredible athlete and uh, parent. You know, he really set an example in both, uh, in both areas that be hard to, uh, to emulate. You know, he really was a leader and a first-rate player. I really, you know, this, this, for the six years, you know, I, I coached the team uh, during uh, Kobe's last two championships. So, you know, I got to see him up close. An incredible work ethic and an incredible athlete. And as a human being, uh, again, only uh, on the highest level. You know, that, that's who he was. Cap, uh, being senior citizens now, and that's what we are. You just had a birthday. Happy, happy <laughs> birthday as well as myself. Gary, what, are things, what are some of the things that make you laugh now because you don't, we don't have basketball or anything like that? Oh, geez. Just the, like sometimes I'll go past the court and people will ask me, oh, take a shot, you know. <laughs> I, I can't even reach the hoop, man. You know, it's like, uh, did I ever do that? <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it's it's nice to be part of people's positive memories. You know, the fact that we got to win so many championships and uh, you know, people supported us like that, and uh, they still feel great about us, you know. And, you know, the things that we did to earn that, we can't do anymore, but they still are, are thankful for what we did. That's that's awesome, you know. Yeah, that is. That is. Yeah. I wouldn't have. I'm so glad I, you know, I'm still living here in Southern California and, and get to be a, around all people that uh, supported us, their families. You know, it's, it's generational here. It's, it's really awesome. Kareem, you know, it's, it, you're not just known as bringing joy to people through basketball, though. That's what's it's amazing about you is, I mean, you're a tremendous writer. You're still writing for The Hollywood Reporter. I mean, I remember you wrote a great article and have written a series of articles on the Real Housewives, which was like profound to me. Uh, I mean, you're you're an actor. You you you, know, you you have worked with and were friends with Bruce Lee and and were what in a film in a movie with him that that never got released. And you were a villain and you were an airplane. So I, like you, do you get satisfaction out of hearing from people that you bring them so much joy in so many ways, not just through basketball? Oh yeah, it's, it's wonderful. You know, I, the. Uh, the teacher I had in seventh and eighth grade is still alive. Wow. She's read my books. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing uh, how, um, you know, you, how many people that, whose lives you can touch in, in so many ways. Um, it's, it's incredible to have had this experience. And I'm, I'm so thankful for it. 
do any of those modes of art give you more satisfaction than others, or is there equal satisfaction personally for you in any of those forms of art? You, you really feel good if you, if you write a book that people read. It's, it's like having a baby, right? So you have a child, and all, all of a sudden everybody's interested in your child. <laughs> That's incredible. You know? So I, I've had that happen a couple of times. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very thankful that you know, I've been able to have some success as an author. I wasn't planning on that, and it's a wonderful experience. Hey, Cap, right now on Showtime with Coop, I have this thing called a lightning round. I'm going to give you a name and just say something about that that person, okay? Okay. Herbie Hancock. Awesome piano player and uh, inspirational in, in, in everything that he's done. I, I, I've enjoyed all of it. Every time he comes out with something new, I'm, I'm, I'm right there to, to check it out. Right. Bill Russell. Uh, uh, was, even though I didn't know Bill very well, he was like a mentor to me while I was in high school. I'm glad I got a chance to watch him play and learn from him, you know, about social activism. Uh, he, he was awesome in that sense. Uh, Bill introduced me to Jackie Robinson. Uh, he really uh, showed all of us how to deal with confronting uh, the situations that we have to deal with as black Americans, not to deal with it with anger, but to, you know, methodically go about trying to make lives better. Uh, Bill was awesome in that way. Jamal Wilkes. The Silky Man. <laughs> the guy that you want to have out there shooting those long-range jumpers. He, you know, he, uh, he was right there for us and uh, helped us win a couple of championships. And I always appreciate that. Barack Obama. Barack Obama will be an inspiration uh, for Americans of all stripes, but especially for, for black Americans. Uh, he, he has shown uh, our nation uh, what our best qualities are. And, uh, you know, I thank him for that. Langston Hughes. Langston Hughes, uh, the voice of the Harlem Renaissance, uh, you know, a poet and uh, social activist. He really helped to give uh, the civil rights movement a voice. Last but not least, Larry Bird. Larry Bird, uh, our arch enemy, and great athlete and uh, leader of the Celtics. And as much as I enjoyed beating the Celtics, I got that much respect for Larry. He, he was a class act. Cap, you know what? Um... It's been a joy, and I really do want to thank you for carving out a little bit of your time to uh, spend with, on Showtime with Coop. Any lasting words you have to say? Hey, Coop loop man, we got to set up the, the log, you know, one more time. <laughs> I'm loving your green screen back there, Cap. You talk about going back to school. We went back yeah. to school with Coach Westhead, and he took us all the way back. Woo. Hey, but, uh, we, we came out of it with some jewelry, Coop, so we can't That's play. right. That's right. There it is. Cap, thank you so much, man. I appreciate this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And hopefully you in the future, it. we can have you on again. Absolutely, and good luck with the show, Coop. Thank you so much. Okay. Deborah, how are you? Uh, uh, you're on Showtime with Coop. Hey, Deborah Morales is on your new show. Matt Green's manager. Deborah, what's it like juggling his schedule? I know, you know, now that he's retired and there's a lot of things, as we saw, there's a lot of parts and pieces to Kareem. What's it like juggling his schedule? Normally it's super crazy um, because I have to usually, you have to multitask. 
If you don't know how to multitask, just forget it because you're dealing with personal things as well as business multiple things and people asking for charitable things all at the same time. But I, I have a story for you. So uh, we get a call from um, from Hillary Clinton and uh, or from Magic, excuse me, and he's like, "We're going to go downtown and we're going to go help Bill and Hillary um, rally support for the people downtown." So the Clinton showed up and Caribbean Magic showed up. But the same day that that happened, I got a call from Carlos Santana, uh-huh. and Carlos Santana wanted Kareem to come over to the arena and come hang out. And I was like, oh, my God, Kareem, what do we do? Help the Clintons or do we go to Santana? I didn't know, you know, which one. I have to make choices like that all the time. So uh, a lot of people get disappointed when you're having to juggle so many things that are important all the time. Can you tell us which one you chose? Well, I did that day. I did the Clintons because it was more important. (laughs) All right. And I guess that covers my second question is what's the oddest request that you guys have ever had? that you've had for him. Do you remember the oddest request? I think I was with you at Costco one time and we were eating a hot dog and somebody, and you didn't finish it. Somebody asked if that, if they could have that. <laughs> Cause they wanted to have this hot dog. I think that was pretty weird. I, that was way far out there. They wouldn't, they didn't want me to throw it away. They, uh, they didn't want to eat it. They wanted to save it because Kareem had touched it. My, my, my. The things people ask can you these beat, days. Can you beat that one, Mike, for yourself? Uh, no, I have not had it. That, that's a unique one there. No, I'm not as famous as Kareem. Wait, do they I keep get, it? I get a lot, of, a lot of weird requests for for things. If Kareem walks in, like, you know, people believe all that glitters is gold. So if he touches something that they just they just want it. Even if it's like a bad signature on a piece of memorabilia and it doesn't come out nice or it's it's a wrong, it's a wrong name, they like it. They like it even more. That's it. Uh, Deborah, what's the farthest place that you guys have ever had to travel for a request? The a request? furthest place. With Dubai. Dubai or Turkey? Which one's further? Dubai. Dubai. We, go, we travel he, all over the place. I know, but he just went to speak and they, they asked for him to come speak? United Arab Emirates, where we did a campaign for the um, London College of Diabetes. Um, but we go, we've, we've been all over the world. We've been to Malaysia. We've been to China, Japan. Um, we have been to Turkey. We've been to the Dubai, uh, Abu Dhabi. That's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the Showtime with Coop podcast. A reminder to hit that subscribe button here on Showtime with Coop if you have not yet already. And please give us a rating. It helps other people find the podcast as well. I'm Ari Temkin. You can follow me on Twitter at Ari Sports. Michael Cooper, who you can follow on Twitter at Showtime Cooper. This has been Showtime with Coop on CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag.